Hello and welcome to the American Dry Cleaner podcast. I'm your host, Tim Burke, the editor of American Dry Cleaner. Joining us to talk about Press Pads 101 is Michael O., owner of Air World Pads and Covers located in Mawa, New Jersey. He'll talk to us all about why your dry cleaning business needs press pads, how they work, and how often they should be replaced. So we're very happy to have Michael join us today. Michael, welcome to the American Dry Cleaner Podcast. Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me. Well, first off, Michael, for all our podcast listeners, let's just define why dry cleaners need press pads. Tell us what they are exactly and what they do. Well, dry cleaning press pads, you know, it's part of the finishing process. So once your clothing gets clean, spotted, uh, et cetera, you know, it comes to the finishing process. And it's just the end of the process where it gets pressed and, uh, and then it would get packaged and sent to the uh, customer. And those press pads, they're laying on a machine, right, to cover it? Correct. You have assortment of different machines. I mean, you have um, what people call uh, shirt machines, and it's categorized into two different parts. You have your dry cleaning presses, and then you have your laundry presses. And your dry cleaning presses would be your suits, your wools, and stuff like that, obviously. And your laundry presses would be wet cleaning them, so it would be your, you know, your cotton shirts and things like that. When can a dry cleaning owner tell it's time to replace those press pads? It depends on a lot. Obviously, volume, how busy your plant is, has a lot to do with it. And even the quality of machine or if your machine is, for instance, if you have like a dry cleaning press that's leaking steam all the time, it's going to affect the longevity of a press pad. But generally speaking, I would say on a dry cleaning press pad, at an average plant, you're looking at between four to six months on the high end. And then on laundry, it could be less than that. Uh, on a shirt machine, it could be around six months. And some of the smaller stores might go a whole year without changing it. And is there a telltale when it needs to be replaced for, for a dry cleaning owner? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of telltales. Um, a lot of people look at it visually. I think they're looking for, like, dirt and see how dirty it may be. But that's not necessarily the best. Unlike a dry cleaning press pad, which you know, every cleaner has, you can start feeling lumps and humps as you run your hand from, you know, from side to side. That's a telltale sign. Obviously, if you, you know, push down on it and there's not much cushion, that would be the other telltale sign of it. And on your laundry, the cover tends to go. So you might see holes in your cover or the padding might be hard underneath it. Um, again, you can push into it and see how much cushion there is. Those are pretty much the telltale side. And of course, quality. I mean, if you start seeing garments coming off your press and they're not what you're expecting, then it's uh, probably past due change. Let's dive deeper. Talk about the biggest challenges facing owners regarding press pads. For example, is purchasing an issue? Is maintenance an issue or, or other things? I think it's just keeping up with it because if you think about the supplies that a dry cleaner uses, and how much they use of it, like for instance, let's say poly bags or hangers or chemicals or uh, things of those nature that you burn through a lot quicker and you're only changing like your press pad, let's say four or six months in, in a small store, maybe a year. Um, you just don't think about it. So you just kind of let it go for longer than it should. So I think that's a big challenge. And if you're presser, and most times the owner operator is not pressing so if your employee is not um, 
real cognizant of what he's doing, you might be putting out not the quality that you want and you're not really focused on it because of the, the longevity of the change. Let's talk about the different press pad issues you've seen. For instance, we chatted about this before you and me, the regions mm-hmm. of the country having different needs. Can you explain a little bit more about that? John, my partner, and myself have traveled all over the country, and we live in a big country here, and even like food changes in different parts, people wear their clothing in different parts of the country uh, differently. For instance, in the Northeast where we are, we don't starch much of anything. And if you move down to, let's say, Texas and Oklahoma, they starch a lot. And it's just a whole different um, pressing mentality down there where because they're using hot heads and, and leaving the heads down so much, they'll actually burn through their products much quicker than they will like up here in the Northeast or you know where you are in Chicago. Yeah, good point. Don't they call that something? Don't they have a buzzword like cowboy starch? They'll stand up by themselves yeah. or something? Yeah, I mean, there's there's people who say like they'll you know they'll starch jeans down there where if you hold them horizontally they actually won't fold. So or <laughs> um, someone told me they want the creases so sharp where uh, you know someone could shave with that crease or something along those lines. Uh, regarding finishing, is there an issue with letting shirts dry too much? We also kind of touched on this when we had a chat. Can you explain maybe a little bit about that or or any other issues related to press pads? There are things that go into it. You know, the the moisture content of a a shirt, particularly on a shirt press. Um, If you live in a pretty arid environment, again, we're going back to, you know, what part of the country you're from. But if you're in an arid environment and um, you're not covering your shirts, the moisture retention might go and the shirts start dry finishing by themselves within the basket. And once you put it on the shirt machine, it's kind of dried already. So you may not get the uh, quality of press. So over the years, we've encountered that problem where um, people are, will say, well, I'm not getting the finish that I want. But when we look, dive a little deeper into what's causing it, not necessarily the machine or the press bag, but the process that it's made to uh, get to that point. Michael, you're out there meeting and talking with dry cleaning owners all the time. Can you share stories regarding press pads? I've been here 16 years, and it was one of my first times out on the road with a distributor salesman. And we walked into this plant, and it was a brand-new plant in a brand-new strip mall, and it looked fantastic from the outside, I mean, gleaming. And uh, we went in there, and we were talking to the owner, and he said, you know, business is going okay, and, you know, obviously we're there to look at his press pads and help him with his pressing needs. And I walk over to his press, and he bought brand-new machines. He must have spent several hundred thousand dollars on outfitting this plant. And then his press pad has literally holes in it, holes in the cover, holes in the – and it was all the way down. And I told him, you know, I, I, I made a point to point that out to him, and – it's kind of funny. He refused to buy one <laughs> at that time. And, you know, I explained to the owner, this is the last part of your finishing. Packaging is the next part, but this is the last part of the processing. And, and this is what your customers see. And what I always tell people is that when you go to a dry cleaner, you have stain or, you know, just general cleaning, but people want to see a nice press on your clothing when they pick it up. And, you know, when you put it on the rack, people always take a look at it and 
maybe they're looking for a particular stain, see if it came out. But a lot of times clothing comes in fairly clean and what they're looking for is pressing. So if you're pressing on a press pad that has holes in it, I mean, what kind of product are you putting out to your customer? And again, this is at a brand new plant. Yeah. So it's one of those things, you know, it's people buy the exotic garb but can't purchase the insurance for it or something along those lines. I mean, if you talk about generally a standard press pad may cost you, let's say, on average 50 bucks. And if you multiply that or divide that by, you know, the number of garments you're going to use on it, it's fractions of pennies per garment. And that's, again, that's the end process of it. So that's what you're putting out to your customer. So, I mean, that, that was kind of, uh, he was kind of uh, trying to save money there, but it was, what, I forget what that saying is, but you're biting off your nose to... Yeah, I don't know. Whatever that yeah, thing. Yeah, spite your and, face. But, right, right. But yeah, it's one of those. Describe for listeners all the different types of press pads out there, um, what sort of finishing equipment they would fit. Like, again, I think we touched on it earlier. There's two basic types. You can split them up. You have your dry cleaning presses. You have your laundry presses. And your dry cleaning presses, obviously, are, you know, they come out of your dry cleaning machine and uh, are solvent-based and then you do your wet cleaning. And then on top of that, you have, I guess you want to get into, you have your puff iron covers, you have your form finishers, and then you have um, what I like to call fancy form finishers, which nowadays are really quite tech and really can do a multitude of jobs where, you know, you can do your polo shirts, women's blouses, even lab coats. I guess those are the variety that are out there. If a dry cleaning owner doesn't use press pads, what could be the result? It's an essential. If you if you don't have a press pad in general, you're pressing on bare metal, and that would not be you know beneficial for anybody. You're going to ruin your machine, and you're going to ruin a lot of clothing. So it's essential. What I would like to convey to your listeners is that you just have to keep up with it. You know, it, it's something that can slip uh, owners' mind quite easily, as we discussed. It's not something that's on the forefront because you're not ordering it all the time, but you really need to keep up with it. Um, and before long, you might start putting out quality. And there's nothing more frustrating if the suit is not pressed correctly and it's got a double crease or, or there's a, you know wrinkling in it. Or even worse, um, we have a lot of button issues. A lot of cleaners face uh, button breakage issues. So if you don't have someone checking the buttons, you know, you, you go out to put on a cuff and you try to put on that cuff button and you don't have one or it cracks in your hand, which has actually happened to me. And then you have a cuff that's just hanging loose and it just looks sloppy and, and unprofessional. Are there any safety issues related to press pads that our podcast listeners should be aware of? Every dry cleaner has puffers that they do a uh, little t- touch up work on. And a lot of people let those puffers go. Um, Cause I guess they're less integral to uh, what they're doing. And some of them are bare, and when it's bare, it's just like touching an electric iron. And I've been in a store where they didn't have any covering, and, you know, I had my hands in my pocket, and I went to turn, and my elbow hit the point of the puff cover, and it melted. (laughs) That split second melted, like, the skin off my my elbow there. So I think, and it's, it's an OSHA problem too if OSHA ever stepped into your plant um, um, they would cite you for that so you want to be cognizant of that and protect your employees and anyone who might step into your plant. Is there anything else Michael you'd like to add 
in our chat today all about our topic of press pads 101? Yeah, I think it's important to have redundancy. I mean, in our business here, we have backups of everything. And back when I started, people used to keep backups of press pad or shirt machine stuff or, you know, anything they might need. But these days, it seems like they're less and less uh, willing to do that. But you can't imagine how many calls we get on a weekly basis where it becomes a crisis situation where a shirt airbag has blown, which essentially keeps you down. So you, you can't do any work until you get that fixed. So in a small business, anything can go wrong and anything can go wrong, will go wrong at a certain point. So I always feel that it is very, very important to keep a backup of one of everything that you have, just in case that something um, unforeseen happens. With these days, there's so many machines out there and it's difficult to keep everything in stock. So if you don't have it, then let's say you need to expedite something and that could cost a fortune in shipping. It'd be very good for dry cleaners to keep an extra of something on shelf all the time, in my opinion. Well, Michael, thank you very much for your time today, talking to us all about Press Pads 101. Thank you for being with us here on the American Dry Cleaner Podcast. Yeah, Tim, it was fun. Uh, thanks for having me. The American Dry Cleaner Podcast is a production of American Trade Magazine's LLC Chicago. For more information about future podcasts and to get the latest fabric care industry news, visit our website at americandrycleaner.com or make sure to read our weekly e-news blast called The Wire. Also be sure to visit American Dry Cleaner on Facebook and make sure to like us. And also follow us on Twitter to stay informed about these podcasts along with news and information from around the industry. The royalty-free music used on this podcast is from Alvaro Angeloro called Brand New Day and can be found at hooksounds.com. Thank you for being with us today on the American Dry Cleaner Podcast. This has been your host, Tim Burke, and I look forward to being with you again very soon. Music